This episode of the Beer Brawl is presented with no commercial interruption by simplybeer.com. Every day, baby, when the sun go down, I get with my friends and I begin to clown. I don't care what the people are thinking. I ain't drunk. I'm just drinking. But you're so high. Oh, man, you know I ain't high. But you're so high. I'll just take a little bit every now and then. All right, welcome to another beer brawl. This is Peter Kennedy of Simply Beer. Tonight we're at Amante Vino in Montclair, New Jersey, and we have us with us for his second appearance. Or I guess not really not appearance, but uh, <laughs> second time on our podcast. We have Travis with us. Travis has also brought along uh, John Hoyas uh, from Hundred and Distributing. And with that, some very interesting Italian beers. And I, I've got to say, I'm, I'm pretty excited. You know, all these beers are first times for me. Yeah, So it's, uh, it's, it, a, lot, it's a lot of interesting uh, exploratory stuff. Um, you know, Italians really kind of went out of their way to really create their own beer culture. They really, I've been looking at some of the ingredients that uh, are on some of these beers. And, they are pretty unique. And also we have us, Mark, you're back again. Yes, back again. Back again. And Corey's helping us out with the sound again. All right, our first beer tonight is going to be the uh, from the Grotto Plato Brewery. It's the uh, Strada San Felice. Oh, cheers. Oh. oh. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen there in the home audience, I wish you, I wish you could see this. Uh, uh, we got a slight overflow onto all my notes. <laughs> Sure. Now, now am I? The one we didn't open. Yes. <laughs> there is some carbonation and... <laughs> yes, uh, slightly carbonated. <laughs> smells good though. <laughs> it's a good way to start the evening. <laughs> Let me get some. I, I say this is going to be an explosive show based on that one. <laughs> uh, Alright, any more puns anybody wants to throw out? <laughs> so, while we're cleaning up a lob, why is it that we don't see more Italian beers, generally speaking, when we go into a store to buy beer? There's a number of different reasons. Um, probably the biggest factor is availability. Um, a lot of these beers are produced in very small breweries. Um, and small batches. Very small batches. Yeah, I saw one of them, they only make a thousand bottles a year. Yeah, I Gee, mean, that's a, a 40 barrel brew house in, in Italy is unheard of. Um, so you're talking very small batches, very small production breweries, uh, and they're really focusing, the, the initial concept, concept was to focus on producing food to go with the beer of the region, mm -hmm. um, food to complement their food, or beer to complement their food, rather. Um, and really, the exporting to the American market was a secondary afterthought. Mm -hmm. So if there's any production problems, they're not going to take away from their customers in Italy, they're going to take away from their export customers first. That's probably the biggest factor, I would say. Um, another factor is certainly price. I mean, none of these beers are on the shelf for anything less than nine, ten dollars a bottle, even for mm -hmm. the smaller bottles. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for consumers that don't know about these products, it becomes a very uh, risky, risky proposition to shell out nine, ten dollars for a small bottle of beer that you know nothing about. Well, often yeah. on Simply Beer, we'll talk about the uh, cost of beer, but we'll present it as a way of being adventuresome. 
Oh, absolutely. Just as you may buy a bottle of wine you haven't heard of, but you may have heard of a particular winery. But, uh, you know, I, I wonder if there's like a little bit of a, of a maybe, I'll put it this way, a snob factor. The average person who may buy beer wouldn't consider an Italian beer because it doesn't seem known for beer. Well, because I mean, of the wine, and, and that's is that, is that what you're saying? You know, uh, because it's such because a people don't wine producing. See it as often, and people are I familiar. Mean, and that that can even extend to the the wine versus beer argument. Sure. Uh, as a, as a whole, you know, where we can certainly blame the French for defeating the English in 1066 is the only reason <laughs> wine is considered a greater beverage than beer. Because up until that point. I don't beer, know how many of us at this table are going to say that. Beer was the drink of the nobility. The nobility. Beer was ultimately the, the beverage sought after by kings and queens. It was everything that uh, that anybody ever wanted. And then the French came along and conquered everyone, and now it's wine. You know, these Italian beers, I mean, they're all different styles of beer. And I think, for the most part, we'll find that they're unique takes on the styles of beer. And, and really, I mean, Italians really don't conform to any style. They're really, they use local ingredients. They, you know, they do what they can, and they really try to be self-sufficient from within their own their own area and their own country. Sure. So let's get into our first beer here. So this is the uh, Strada San Felice. Now this one here is a uh, well, it, they describe it as a amber ale brewed with chestnuts. A little bit darker than an amber, but uh, it's still got a nice color, a little hazy. And uh, mine, mine with the explosion of. Uh, <laughs> the initial bottle opening still has a pretty good uh, head left on mm -hmm. it. It's a pretty good lacing. Almost a little viscous. But uh, you do you do get a little viscous in the mouthfeel too. Yes. Yeah. Very nutty and fruity. Yeah. I, I I'm really digging the aroma on this one. Mmm. Very tasty. Italians yeah. have this terrible habit of purposely throwing stuff into beer and kind of daring you to go find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, Italian beers are very exploratory in that way. It's wow. fantastic. Definitely nuts and food it, yeah, on the you palate. Can, you can definitely the, the chestnuts are, are right right there in the front. Mm -hmm. There's no there's no hiding them in this. I, you know? To me, this is almost begging for something like chicken almond. You know, yeah. something with with a nutty profile to the dish that's not overwhelming. Um, but all, I mean, because this has enough body to stand up. And it does. It does have some pretty good body. Pretty low hop profile. You know, as you, I think you would expect very from tasty. a basic amber. But the alcohol is also very well hidden in it too. Oh yeah, let me. Is what it, is the, the alcohol? The, it's eight percent. Eight percent. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking here at the ingredients list. Besides some of the chestnuts, I mean, this is a very basic beer. I mean, two types of malt and two types of hops. Yeah. You know, and, and you know th these hops are just giving a little bit of a, kind of a spice to it to go along with the chestnuts. And yeah, for me, it tastes really well balanced and 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 you know, like a pretty full flavored beer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not missing something in the middle. It's got nice carbonation as well. Is it bottle refermented? As we saw. <laughs> yes, obviously. Is it bottle refermented, do you know, or? Um, I believe it is, but don't quote so me on that. With that kind of pop, I think it probably Not is. Some, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it definitely has like a nice light. Sorry, or, or it's, it's re-fermented okay. in the bottle. Right. You know. Nice champagne-y carbonation. Yeah. In in our tastings, we've encountered so many breweries, and and some of them are three hundred to four hundred, and some of them I think were even older. But you know, thousand. How, <laughs> so in a I mean, all of craft. these breweries are, are still very young. I mean, even Peniel is only about fifteen to twenty years old. 
Okay. Uh, so, you know, most of the breweries that are, are taking part in this, you know, microbrewery Italian movement are, you know, within five to ten years old, I would say. Um, and there's even a couple that are younger that are, cool. you know, just coming out of the woodwork. Um, in fact, there's a new, uh, a new Italian brewery coming to the U.S. market called Pausa Cafe. Hmm. Uh, what which, kind of? What do they focus on? Well, it's it's a really interesting backstory because they're using prisoners <laughs> to brew cool. part of the beer. What, do you, do it's, you like these kind of scare you a little bit? Quality yeah, control? Well, it's, it's actually, it's our, or is it it's work release program? Of, it's actually part of the Italian prison reform, where they're oh, yeah. trying to provide prisoners with a trade that they can use once they get out, once they were once Good trade to know, in my yeah. opinion. But they, they, also, um, they also brew their own coffee. They're also a coffee beanery, and they also um, produce their own chocolates. So are they going to be making some like coffee stouts, some chocolate stouts? Or they, they do use coffee and chocolate a lot in their ingredients. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting stuff. Nice. I'm just kind of now, after this almost a small glass, but now just that spice for, from the Shazaz uh, hops it's, is really starting to come through after you, after you let it sit for a little bit and... and uh, let it kind of sit in your mouth for a while mm -hmm. before taking another sip. But that spice is still lingering there just a little bit. Yeah. It's really nice. You're going to find that a common theme among these beers. It's a great beer. They tend to uh, kind of focus on, on these noble hops and, you know, more traditional. It really depends on the brewer's choice. Yeah. If they can source different hops, they do. Now, is there, is there a large movement of growing hops in, uh, in Italy? Or is that kind of outside of the scope of kind of like the... Not to, my, not to my knowledge, no. um, but again, that's I mean, that's really subject to each individual brewer and what they can source. Mm -hmm. I think it was a great start. Yeah, you I know? think it's a great start also. It's very interesting for me to find out that all these breweries are very modern upstarts. Yeah. You know, learning about beer, you always learn about these traditions of brewing, and all these guys are modernist producers. I thought I thought that the, the alcohol was just just a tiny touch, maybe a little on the high side. I got some back, a little bit of back flavoring there from the alcohol. In the just, finish. Yeah, yeah. on the finish, just a touch. Yeah. Nothing, nothing objectionable really, though. It's kind of there, just kind of. I think it's it's enough there to let you know it's there. Exactly. But yeah. it's not a major player in the in the in the flavor characteristics. All right. Next up, we have the Real Extra from the uh, Borgo uh, Brewery. Now this is a also a small bottle like the last one, the 12 ounce bottle. Now, if you go and look this up on Beer Advocate, not that I recommend you using Beer Advocate, but they'll list this as an American Pale Ale, which really? is not. This one here is a, uh, a Saison, which as uh, John was telling me earlier, has been uh, dry hopped. Well, Leonardo Del Borgo, who, who's uh, the brewmaster and owner of this brewery, uh, bases everything off of his Saison. Really? Um, so it's like one base recipe that he changes up? And he, he constantly plays with it. He actually has a project going called the Duchessa Project, which is a spelt Saison. It's his base Saison made with spelt. Nice. But then he takes it and, and re No, the spelt, is, that's grapes, right? Yeah. Uh, that's been... If I've ever boiled for really long periods of time, correct. Okay, um, and he t he takes that that base saison, and he's got three different reincarnations of it. 
the first part is to com combine 90-10 ratio with Cantillon raw lambic uh -huh. to create a spelt saison lambic. It's wow. A, and he's calling it Duchessic because it's the Duchessa project. Is, is that a barrel? Is it barrel aged or? No, it's not barrel aged. Um, he was able to get a hold, we're not sure how, of some Cantillon barrels directly from the brewery. Friends in high places. Apparently, <laughs> some Italian beer ambassador loves them. Um, so it's a 90-10 ratio. The second part of the project, he actually went south of the Dolomites, got fresh, uh, unwashed raspberries, and is blending that with his spelt saison. Now, because the, the raspberries are unwashed, you're actually getting two additional fermentations, one from the wild yeast on the raspberries right. and one from the sugars. Awesome. Right. Uh, and then so, the, th the third reincarnation is to just produce it as a raw lambic and let the wild yeasts of Italy ferment, cool. ferment and uh, Are they going to release these to uh, the American public? They will be coming to the U.S. at some point. Cool. And which one is this out of those three? None of them. None, none of them. Okay. <laughs> none of them. <laughs> now that I've gone through that whole story, yeah. this is none of them. Yeah. This is the uh, Real Extra. Okay. And uh, this is uh, a Saison. It's about four and a half, uh, sorry, six and a half, half percent alcohol. 6.4 they say in the bottle. Close enough to six, six and, and a half. half. I know you said about. <laughs> right, and uh, this one here, you can really get that strong American mm. West Coast if they, if you want to do the East Coast West Coast yeah. thing. You know, using the Amarillo and Cascade oh, yeah. hops. I mean, those the Amarillo just oh yeah jump yeah. out at you. I mean, it's it smells very good. I'm getting a little bit of like very hoppy, evergreen on like the on the deep, aroma deeper into the nose. Yeah, I get tangerine right up front. And, yeah, this is a little like, piney, yeah, piney, underneath. a little piney Christmas resident. tree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Juniper almost. Very nice aroma. Very it pleasing. Is. Very aromatic. Although from the aroma here, you'd never be able to tell what style of beer you're about to drink. <laughs> you know, is it an IPA? Is it a pale ale? Is How it something it? else? I mean, because it, it is that golden, you know, straw golden color that you get with a lot of pale ales and IPAs. And but it's, it's a little bit darker than that. It's, it's almost like the color difference between Saison DuPont and Foray, if you will. Yeah. Because Foray is a little bit darker because right. it uses organic ingredients. Right, Nat. This is, this is a, a quite a fascinating beer on the tasting. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's different, quite different. Wow. It's creamy. Mm -hmm. Creamy and bitter, the, like the two things that jump out right away. Yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of like that English English um, uh, pale ale, so they're very yeah. creamy. Some very distinct in there, too. On like the honey. Can't put my finger on it. It, it back to back with the last one, this, is, this almost seems on the thin side, but the, but it's not. It's the style. Yeah, yeah I mean, it is a Saison. It's going to yeah, exactly. not have, I mean, with all that Pilsner malt in and there. It's, it's, it's this gonna, is exactly why we were talking about the, you know, which order to taste these two in, because yeah. the hop profile on this suggests that it would be too overwhelming to taste before the Strata San Felice, but the, the, the mouthfeel is The body of yeah. the Strata San Felice is, is definitely a little bit heavier than the Real Extra. I think it can really go either way. I yeah. mean, you know, it, if you were drinking this, eating it with food, and you know, you might go one way versus the other. I would go. I don't know if it's an Italian dish, but I would go like with a lemon garlic chicken <laughs> with this. I might even go a little bit more spice. I mean, even I might even go with like calamari. It right? does have a very strong um, pepper finish. It's, it's got and that it's very to hold up to mm -hmm. some spice, but not too much spice. Yeah, this is a very, very dry beer. I mean, yes. um, like I'd love to have this with like <laughs> blue corn chips and mild salsa. 
You know what I'm getting? Caper berries. Like something like a chicken piccata. It's got like a kind really? of a brine, like a capery note okay. that I think it would pair with quite well. Broad so, range of characteristics, huh? It's just an interesting, interesting note on uh, on this uh, beer that I found. When they generally, when you add hops to the boil, you boil your your wort for 60, 90, 120 minutes, however long you're boiling it for. But you add hops in stages throughout the boil. So you start with some at the beginning that really lend more to bitterness because you boil away all the aromatics that the, the hops will give the beer. All the hops in this one were added within the last 10 minutes of the brewing process, which means it's all aromatics, which is really what we get. And I think it kind of leads to, you know, that kind of you're getting the, the, the Syrian, Syrian Golding hops really kind of shining through because they are a very peppery hop. And, and it really does come through in this beer. And it's, kind of an interesting process to, to do that. It really kind of steps out from the norm uh, of the way beer is traditionally brewed. And John, what's the approximate retail price in this beer? Um, I would say that size bottle would probably be about $8.99. $8.99? Yeah, probably a $9 retail for the, for the And what about the first one that we had? The, the Stratosynth Leche, the 500 mil, is probably about 10 bucks retail. Right. Yeah, I think it's good to include retail prices for the customers listening, um, yeah. just so they can kind of get an idea of what we're. I, I know the la the last two we will get to are were very pricey beers. <laughs> I don't think we ever really drink inexpensive beers, frankly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> most of the time they, they seem to be up around this. It's not unusual. I'd say eight to eleven dollars, generally speaking. We'll stretch that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> well, it can hurt. But we often talk about you know getting some of these, especially when we get to the, some of the, a couple of the, uh, the later ones. Uh, you know, you're getting a large bottle of beer, and uh, you know it makes it makes for a nice uh, for two people. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. In some cases, maybe even more. Yeah, and particularly when we get into some of the heavier beers in this in this set, I mean, Demon Hunter is a wonderful beer to share with a group. Yeah, I didn't expect you to say like Demon Hunter. Well, speaking <laughs> of Demon Hunter, I mean that's the uh, next one now up on the movie the, uh, theater near you, Demon Hunter, on the list. <laughs> Good segue, <Gioco>. John. <laughs> Montegioco Demon Hunter. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we're we're off to a great start here. I think. I mean, frankly, I'm not saying that because John is at the table, but well, he he picked out these beers tonight that we're drinking. But, uh, so uh, I, I'm so far these are I'm enjoying them. Just give John a, uh, a shout out too. He's been one of the only beer reps that has come into the store that's actually very serious about beer and has showed me these esoteric beers. And he knows the beer is front and back, which is definitely an exception to the norm in the beer industry with a lot of people just wanting to come in and sell you bulk where, you know. You guys, you guys have a good, good selection of beer here. So uh, Thank you. You know, if you guys are in Montclair area, check out the beer selection here. It's, it's not vast, but it is good. It's, I, I it is growing. I certainly appreciate the praise. In fairness, it's my job to know these beers. I mean, my job is beer education. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I go around and I, I taste these people, taste stores on these beers because uh, it's beers that are unique, esoteric, if you will, um, with the apologies to my title. And, <laughs> It, uh, you know, there are a lot of stores that just don't know what these beers are and, and you know, they bring them in or, you know, they, they want to try them and it's my role to bring them to them and help them explain it to their customers because in New Jersey right now. So next one up, we're at the, uh, 
I'm going to butcher this. Monte Gioco? Monte Gioco. There we go. Demon Hunter. This is one of the bigger beers that we'll be drinking tonight. Yeah, Actually, they're all big beers. The last one was probably the smaller beer. Um, this one here is at 8.5%. Um, it's uh, either, depending on where you look, it's either considered a Belgian strong dark ale or an Italian dark ale. I think we'll go with the latter since I, it's from Italy. I even call it a barley wine because it's really, it's almost like a, a, a single barley wine, if you will. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's eight and a half percent, so it's not as like big as a traditional barley wine would be, but it's got that big malt. It's, it's a little light nose color. to it, a little but, heat uh, on the nose. Um, it's got that, you know, big malty taste to it with a little bit of hop kick because it's balanced. It also looks like it's, is it either bottle conditioned or fermented? It, it is, uh, it is bottle conditioned. Bottle conditioned. Yeah, you can see all these beers are pretty hazy. You know, filtering's a pretty expensive process uh, to go through. I don't think any of these have been filtered at all. And, uh, no. You know, filtering's time consuming and expensive. It's, it's, why would they waste their time with filtering? That would be it, ridiculous. I, I, I think it's ridiculous as well, I, I, you know. Strips the beer of its character. You know, some lagers, maybe if you get into Pilsner, it should be clear, but, uh, you know, you it's, it's really the, not going to affect the flavors too much. Just the, just the nose on this beer makes you really want to taste it. I know. I mean, you can yeah. one of those beers, again, where it's, you get it's, that it anticipation. Draws you in. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's sweet and hot. And good, good flavors on the nose. Very fruity. And it's got a pretty significant head yep. sticking around here. Good lacing going on. So in regards to the head of the beer, I've, I've always read that like, you know, big foamy heads are sign of healthy beers. But then there's some beers that pour and they're just kind of thinner heads. It all depends. Like, yeah, it the depends. Style. So it's, yeah. it's very style specific. Yeah. If, you, if, mm. you, if you generally, you age a beer and the higher alcohol content does not lead to head retention. Mm -hmm. Right? Some of the things that influence head retention are carbonation mm -hmm. and um, the styles and types of hops that you're using can also help head retention as long with even some of the grains and, and even yeast. And even, yeast. even cork in a bottle. Yeah. Oxidation can lead to, yeah. to loss of head retention as well. So, you know, you get a bad cap on a head or either these flip top lids. I mean, these flip top lids are notoriously bad for, you know, not holding pressure after a fair amount of time because they do tend that, to dry that out. Outstanding. Right. No, very tasty. We just, just got that nutty flavor in it again. I'll get to the packaging not, in a minute. He does really, a little packaging still got that same stylistically. Yeah, yeah nutty. Very slight similarity. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the packaging in a minute. I mean, it's, it's all, it also tastes fairly dry. Mm, kind of surprisingly. Yep. The finish really dries out nicely. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just the, the amount of flavor. Is there a slight fruity taste to it of yeah, something? Like plums and grapes. That's exactly and what I was going to say with plum. Yeah. But What's really interesting, and, and they release a very, very limited amount of this to the U.S. Is how, how much? What, what kind of quantity are you talking about for? Because I've, I've only seen this in one store before. The Demon Hunter is, I, I'm, I'm not sure of the production specifically. <laughs> uh, I want to say it's about maybe a thousand cases a year. Yeah. It's not a lot. Um, they take part of one of their batches and they'll age it in Barbera wine barrels. In what That's kind cool. of? Barbera. Barberry. Bar Barbera, it's a uh, red Italian grape. Oh, okay. It's grown in the Piedmont in the region where this one, this or is, beer is produced. This is delicious. And they, they'll age it in Barbera barrels for I think six months. It's awesome. It's do they, do they release that to the United States? It's called Dolly Raptor. And I think, I, I wonder if I have a picture of it here, I don't. Um, Amazing, amazing stuff. And just the wine characteristics that seep into this. 
Well, I mean, with the, the kind of the grapes. grape and plum, I mean, yeah. it would lend it well to a, a, red, right a deep red wine. It's fantastic. I could, I could see but it's, it's so thing. hard to get a hold of, too. I can, yeah, I bet. I think last year the entire state of New Jersey got two cases. Huh. <laughs> and the year before that, two cases. <laughs> then next year? Next year, uh, <laughs> two cases. <laughs> so are they going to try and ratchet this up a little bit? Or now they're just they content that's the way it is? <laughs> yeah, well, Europe is, you know, Italy especially. Is much so these are, these are kind of more for local grown locally for local people. Mm -hmm. That's Very kind of so. the, the, the mantra that they seem to be hearing about these. Very much so. So Which, folks, right, you know, when you go to Simply Beer, jot some of these down, keep a, note, or a, a record of them, because if you go into a store that happens to have them, uh, you know, they're, they're so far, I, I think we're getting three out of three, at least according to my palate anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, they're all fantastic so far. The uh, Demon Hunter 750 retails probably for about 18. A bottle. A bottle. Okay. It's reaching up there into mm -hmm. you know, the upper echelon of beer pricing. Beer pricing. I mean, you, know, I mean, you think of paying nothing for 15 to 20 dollars like for a bottle of wine. For a crappy hamburger. Yeah, mm -hmm. we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see, we see still a lot of American, you know, 750s at that price Pushing range. I mean, it, yeah, you get close. Allagash, I mean, half their line is up there, you know, and the and, upper, and upper I, I know, I know that part of the reason that the Allagash beers get into that price range is because they're donating part of their proceeds to charity. Mm -hmm. And that does affect uh -huh. the price point. That doesn't mean it's all in that, you know, the cause for that price range, but that's part of it. And a lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. And one thing about this Demon Hunter though, I mean, we talk, we can feel, can get the heat on the nose of the alcohol, but it's really masked very well in the yeah, flavors. I mean, you're really getting the fruitiness and the nuttiness to the, to the beer as dominant flavors and a little bit of the carbonation and right into that dryness. And I'm actually going to need another wine glass because yep. I really want to just let this sit in one bottle. <laughs> well, we have another half a bottle here, so. You want another glass? And I have a car that I have to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you out. I'll, I'll you know, you know what, yeah. before we sat down, I was kidding around. I said 1,001 ways to, to market and package beer. And, and I have to say, the European beers, generally speaking, don't go out of their way to come up with these uh, kind of bizarre labels or really colorful labels. They're, they're quite European, conservative, sort of laid back. They use that European motif with the crests and all that kind of thing. But this one really departs, I, I must say, from from that whole European sensibility. Uh, you know, it's it's packaged in in a black wrapper with paper wrapper, black paper wrapper, with uh, a demon hunter illustration. I guess one would say on on the front, and it's a it's a it's a, what do they call that? Like armor, armor hand holding up a demon's head. Red demon's head with horns and on a chain. On a chain. Yeah. That's pretty cool stuff. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is date beer exactly, but uh, you know, if you're if you got a buddy that you haven't seen in a while, and you want to spend some time drinking some great beer. I think this would uh, fit the bill for that. Well, and one of the one of the keys about uh, the Demon Hunter and the uh, Real Extra, they both come with a resealing cap. Interesting. So particularly for the 750s, where you don't want to drink all of it in one shot, you can cap it. Is that this one? Yeah. Uh, oh. Actually, that's for the Demon Hunter. 
This is for, I want to say, the BB Dexy. Pretty cool. Which we'll get to in a minute. I would definitely, definitely drink this beer all the that's, time. That's uh, my, my own opinion. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen the it's kind of classic caps. cork. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Very cool. Thing. There's a number of Italian breweries that are doing that. And that's part of the reason that you have that extra expense with Italian breweries is they go out of their way to create, to get better bottles to get to create better packaging. All of these bottles that Montejoco produces, every single one of them is hand wrapped when it comes off the assembly line. Mm -hmm. Now, is there actually a, a label underneath? Yeah. Oh, there is. A... Trying to slip off the. It's kind of a cool wrapper. I don't want to destroy it too much. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's dead. I killed it. I don't see anything under here. It's just the front of the, the bottle. The unwrapping. It's like Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah, look at that. You know, I like the paper much better <laughs> than <laughs> that. Still cool though. Well, hanging yeah. fruit. What is that? No, it's, it's the demon. head hanging. It's the, oh, the, the head. demon's head. <laughs> cool stuff. All right, on to our next one. Up next in our fourth beer tonight, out of the six we're doing. We're going to an Imperial Stout. So if that gives you any kind of inclination as to what we have coming after an Imperial Stout. Usually that's not the beer you'll you're, find you're, in the usually middle of the lineup. Yeah, usually it'd be kind of a last beer, but. Uh, Imperial Stout is used fairly loosely here. I mean, this beer is only 8%. I say only, but for an Imperial Stout, that's relatively tame. Mm -hmm. It's also mm -hmm. not a huge thick body beast. And uh, it apparently has some uh, interesting spices in it, which we'll get to in a second. Let's pour this out. It's all good. Now this is, the, uh, this is the Del Ducado Verde Imperial Stout. It's coming in at about 8.2% uh, ABV. And uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, it had some interesting spices. Uh, which is uh, hot chili peppers. Now why are you guys doing that? To warm up the beer, it's a little cold. Okay. Um, we are all grasping our beer glasses My glass is all sticky from the first beer. <laughs> warm up the temperature of the beer. Yeah. While everyone is Bring doing out some that. Make some more aromatic okay. when it's warmer. While everyone is doing that, I'll note that these, <laughs> this beer received an Imperial Stout Gold Award in 2008, the European Beer Star Beer Tasting Gold Award, 2008. I'm not sure if that's impressive or not. I mean, it sounds impressive. I don't know. I don't know what that you award know what, is to, exactly. You know, quite frankly, don't win any awards. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you gotta have something because any competition you're going into, I mean, you're not going up against three other beers. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. You know, so there, there are hundreds of breweries in, in Europe. <laughs> is that? Yeah. You know, I'm looking at the list of ingredients for this beer, and really only one of them kind of making them think this might be a stout, which would be the chocolate malt. Mm -hmm. um, Can you, know, you read the ingredients? Yeah, it, it uses pear malt, uh, caramalt, chocolate malt, roasted malts. Although the roasted malt, it might be black patent. It, it doesn't really say. Um, and then uh, Hallertau hops, which I, I guess are used in a fair amount of stouts, but it's not, I don't think, necessarily a typical. That's a German strain, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, noble, noble variety. Yeah, there, there. I guess there are a fair amount of stouts that do use Hallertau, but usually it's in conjunction with another type of, mm -hmm. of like pearl or, or, or something like so that. So this is a single hop. It's a single hop beer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
My initial reaction is that it seems like it should be a little bit more stout, perhaps, if I can say. It's a little. It seems a little bit on the thin side for me. It needs a little bit more creaminess. That's by, also. That's by design. It's, it could uh, be. Yeah. I mean, it, it, well, it is like you know, Travis called it motor oil earlier. It's not necessarily as dark as most stouts right. are. You know, it does have a, a bit of a orange red hue to it. Uh, but it's got a nice color on the head, though. You got that cappuccino. Yeah, espresso beans on the nose. Yeah. You know, and, the, and that chocolate does come through. Yep, on the nose especially. Although the, the, I'm not getting the, you know, I want to smell the chili on the nose, but it's just not there. I get a little bit of it, but not much. I get more of the roasted malt. Yeah. Yeah, I get a touch of chili in the very far back, but not much, you're right. But you can definitely taste the chili in the beer. Uh, there's no hiding that. It's got right up front, you know, it's got that spicy up front instead of on the back end where you get with the hops. They mm. get a spicy hop, you get it towards the back end and the bitterness. Here, the, the hop, I mean, the, the hot chili is just right up yeah. front, right on the tip of your tongue. You know, so you know it's a different kind of hot. I love this beer. When I first tasted this beer, what I first what first came to mind was like a, a mole sauce with Mexican. Be out of this world, apparently. Like a really dark mole sauce with some tacos. There's a lot of chili in it. It is. It's got heat on it. It sneaks up on you. It does. And honestly, the best part about the beer is the finish. Because you just sit there and just let it linger. And it's it's there for a while. Yeah, you can kind of, you lick your teeth and you can still kind of get a little of that spice. It's all on like the sides and the back of yeah. your tongue. It's yeah, I love wonderful. it. It's a very interesting beer. And going back to why we were Ooh. heating up the glass, I guarantee that that spice and heat would be very subdued on the palate. I'm getting with, If it was very cold, cold, yeah. Also a bit of like black licorice on yeah. the nose. I like this beer a lot. That was nice. It's a nice surprise right there. When John first brought this beer to me, to show me it, um, that was really the defining element was the hot chili notes because I've had several other beers that have used chilies in the brewing process and I never have had a beer with such expressive mm. heat on the palate that this chili really imparts on the beer. Yeah, but it, 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 you know, you get a lot of chocolate on the nose, but the chocolate's a lot more subdued in the flavor and it's a lot more roasted with the chilies. It's kind of a, it's like almost like the, the, you get the chili on the barbecue. You put a chili before you make a like salsa or something and you roast the chilies, kind of getting a little bit of that with the roasted barley and the roasted malts and the... It would be a really expensive marinade. Yes. Uh, uh, what would you say, this was 18? No, no this is, the 330 mil bottle of this is probably about 12 or 13. That's still expensive for, you yeah, know, for a small bottle. A baby bottle. A baby bottle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, baby bottle. 11 wells, 11.2 yeah. fluid ounces. I don't, I don't know how to, you know, to me this does not taste like your, your run-of-the-mill stout. Or even, you know, Russian Imperial stout. Yeah, or, it's a little tough you know, to rate. Um, it's... Uh, Actually, I, I got to take that back. The, the retail on this should be closer to 10, I would say, yeah, 10 yeah, or 11. 10. It's a very interesting beer. I can't mm -hmm. make up my mind which way I want to go with it, except to try I, I it think, again. I think Mark's comment <laughs> about it being a little thin is valid if you're comparing it to an Imperial Stout. Yeah. Right, yeah. But mm -hmm. it's, it's such know, what, a unique what the, product. Well, that's what it, really, it says on it's, the... It's not, um, it's not trying to adhere to an Imperial Stout category. I think if you keep that in mind, mm. you can. So why would you, then, my, then my question would be then, uh, you know, why call it? Why not just call it, you know, a dark ale? 
the black ale. Because I, I don't think that would do it justice. Mm. True, but it, it doesn't also necessarily taste or have a mouthfeel of a stout. You know, just the same kind of issue I had with the Allagash Black. Although I like the beer, it still had that same thinness to do it. Do not take issue with my favorite beer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> with my, do not take issue with my favorite beer. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big supporter of this beer. Difficulty. Uh, now, why, why <laughs> something like Simply Beer is great because we're talking about the beer. But if someone were walking into uh, a cooler cabinet and they had their hand on the door and say, God, I love stouts, I love imperial stouts, let me try this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it might, absolutely. It might stretch the point a little bit. It's more of a sublime pleasure, though. I mean, this is a Oh, very much so. This is very sophisticated beer. It's, it's, but, it, but that spice does sneak up on you. And uh, I but, shouldn't be talking, I'm off mic and all that. But, 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 I, I, <laughs> but, 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 I, but of all the, I, I was really inclined to, to love the Demon Hunter. That was my favorite so far. Really just an all around beautiful beer. Oh, yeah. But, but this one, it kind of lingers. And it stays, it's, it's like the really excellent dark chocolate with a little bit of uh, you know, red pepper in there. Mm-hmm. And you're eating it, and then later on, it's like, ooh. Like, really this nice. is a beer you can absolutely take your time with. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that 330 ml bottle, could, you could easily just sip it for like an hour or two. It, it, was, it was definitely an interesting you know, beer. Like a brandy snifter by yep. the fire, just kicking back. With some verde on Yeah. Come on, so there yeah. you go. This beer would really excel also as a uh, dessert beer. After you've had a meal, oh, maybe sure. drink a bottle of wine or drink some beers that go better with food. You crack this with like a dark chocolate cake, well, you know, after the dinners, you know, or anything with okay. chocolate, any Definitely. dessert with chocolate. Let's try another one. Okay. All right. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving up, moving out, wherever we're going, we're moving. All right. The next one is uh, Barley BB Dexy. Is that right? Dexy? Uh, this here is a barley wine. I've seen it listed as an American barley wine. Don't know yet, but uh, it's not even that. I mean, it's, it's is it either is it neither American nor English? It's, it's just not. Even, it's not even barley wine. It's um, you know, it's made with with grape juice. You know, it's it's uh, it's almost like a hybrid beer wine. Mm. This Pack- is made with Sapa, right? Yeah. Packaged in a cobalt blue bottle. It's made with what? Sapa. 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 What's Sapa? Apparently, it's uh, boiled water, canoe, uh, red wine grapes. So they take red wine and they boil it down, just get sugar, and then they ferment that in with the the mash. Yeah. For a very long time. Yeah. So I should say grazie. You know, I I gotta say, I mean, it is an interesting. I don't know. I wonder what the now. How does cobalt blue affect the light penetration in UV light? As I've I've seen green, I've seen clear, I've seen brown. Not seen too many blue bottles. I, no. I, I wonder how that affects yeah, the aging of something like this at 10% alcohol. You know, I mean, it's gotta. Well, feel I mean, this it. is. I mean, this is a beer because it's it's almost that hybrid beer wine. I mean, this is designed to go in your cellar. Hmm. Yeah. I and mean, this is a very much a vintageable product. Um, just well, I imagine. Real. I mean, anything stored in darkness. I mean, even if it's clear, Can it's not. stored in darkness. It, I mean, it doesn't really matter at that point. So. You know, with that said, I mean, this is a uh, 10% alcohol beer. And uh, they, right on the label, it says it's made with grapes and uh, orange peel. So I imagine it's gonna be pretty interesting, especially being such a dark beer. I yeah. mean, this is really getting into that dark brown, you know, chestnut color. This, they say the grapes are uh, Kanawa grapes, um, which are grapes from um, Sardinia. 
And actually, I think we're serving this one too too cold. Yeah. I think this chilly. one they say to serve it close to 60 degrees. Sorry, Mark. I know, uh, I know you're. We're not going to. I noticed one of them before it was. Yeah. Right. I don't know what 15 degrees centigrade is, but uh, I think that's around 60 degrees. If my, uh, you know, calculations are right in my. <laughs> Retail price on this one, John? Um, this one's expensive. Yeah, it's like 24.25. Wow. 24.99. Yeah. For a this, this one and, and the next one are the ones that I bought, and uh, it was uh, 24.99. You were suitably warned. Yeah, I was. <laughs> But you know what? I, I saw it. Uh, I was looking online to see, you know, what the prices were, and I saw it for way more than that at some places. Oh yeah, thirty-five dollars a bottle. Thirty-five. A bottle. Forty. Oh, yeah. 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 I, was, I would say that's one of the more most expensive beers I've seen. Far be it from simply a shirt yeah. from its reviewing hey, responsibilities. You know what? I, I I take you know big hits from my listeners. I will go out and I'll spend the money so you can learn. We're here drinking for you. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Twenty-five dollar bottle of beer. Mm. It, it has a great nose on it. No, you're not kidding. Yeah. It's very fruity, but you can really smell the alcohol as well. You know, you get, you get really get that citrus and uh, and grape. I mean, mm. ah, and also something else. Prunes. Prunes. Tasting prunes. I'm not tasting anything yet. I'm more like throwing it at myself. <laughs> wow. I thought I'd wear it. Instead. Yeah, there's, there's a there's a little <laughs> bit of a stewed fruit prune note on the nose. Thank you, Travis. Not a problem. <laughs> but there's something like Some um, apricot. There's like, definitely like, fruit, like a spice, like a cinnamon. Or this is really almost like drinking a wine. I mean, moving it's it's moving itself out of the beer realm almost. You know, what I mean, it's, it's really beer. it's really a hybrid product. Yeah, I mean, this is really oh, that's delicious. Yeah. Do you think that they? Um, the I hope that's not my wallet talking. <laughs> <laughs> the the grape sugars increase that alcohol level a little bit higher. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it depends on where they're, they're the, you know at what point they're brewing it. Yeah. You know. True. True. Um, you know, it'll have a more substantial effect at, at certain places. I get a little bit of that orange, orange peel note on the nose, too. This really qualifies as, as being extraordinarily delicious. I mean, this is really... It's got lots of flavors to it, more wow. than just yeah. the grape, you know. Sixth date. What? Sixth date. Sixth date. That's the third uh, you know, date. You this know, is, this is like proposal. <laughs> this could be proposal. <laughs> you know, you're shelling out $25 for a bottle proposal, of beer. So that's for the honeymoon. Yeah. Very subdued carbonation on the palate, which makes it feel Venice on your palate. It's very, it, you know, it's, it's still, I mean, it's got a pretty good head retention, yeah. you know, for what it is, and not being a highly carbonated beer either. I get almost some kind of spice note on the palate. I mean, maybe it's the stout that's still in the glass, but. Okay. For me, it's like cinnamon, something sweet and like a spice, like a cooking spice. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely get like a, a spicy, peppery yeah. quality yeah. in the nose. Yeah, green peppercorn. Oil. So, mm -hmm. a, a typical winter warmer to enjoy before yep. going to sleep. Can't disagree with that, but it could be perfect with a savory Sardinian sheep's cheese, or with a chocolate or ricotta dessert. I suggest the brewer to serve it hot in the coldest winter nights, spicing it with cinnamon and cloves. Interesting. Well, yeah, there they go. They even say putting cinnamon in it. Maybe there is some mm -hmm. kind of, of cinnamon to that. The, the labels we've read about the suggestions of what to eat, that, that is 
It's on the money. On the money. Come yeah, on yeah. now. I agree. It doesn't sound like puffery. Right. It's mm. this guy. Or poofery. Or, or this gal. Let's not. I mean, uh, and you know what's interesting? I mean, it says here that the brewer is a uh, young Sardinian engineer, Nicola Perra. I mean, this is. Uh, I, th I, I think I'm, I'm right with you on this one. I, I don't think this is a barley wine. No, it's this not. This is not. When I saw barley wine, this is not what I had in mind. No. But, you know, if you're taking barley and wine and putting them together, <laughs> which is kind of the concept <laughs> here, yeah, it's a, technically a, a barley wine, you know? Uh, it's 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 very different. It's often easy to find fault with with, with something you're drinking, but I find it difficult to find fault with this. Mm -hmm. uh, it hits the mark for what what was intended. Uh, and it's, it seems to me a, a pattern we're, we're finding in, the, in these um, Italian beers so far. They're all very dry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that something that's it, uh, can over all the beers that you've tried? I mean, this is only four, but uh, that's I mean that's a general. Uh, kind of guide for those beers and and I think that does hold true for a lot of Italians but it, again it goes back to being food friendly yeah. are they are they using though like um, wine yeasts in any of these or like you know like something other, that's going like to eat a lot of the brewery, they produce they'll produce their own house yeast to their own specific you know ideas of what they want their yeast to be yeah they you know chemically you can play around with yeast so much and still create you know, interesting flavors. I love dry beers. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of dry beers. And I think, I think <laughs> what John said in regards friendly. food friendly, I mean, with yeah. Italian wines, Italian wines are known to be very dry, and Italian winemakers craft Italian wines specifically for the food. I mean, that's more historical. They yeah, I would think with the dryness of the, uh, the, of the beers, though, it may go with that Mediterranean type of diet and such. You know, I mean, Italians eat differently than we do here. It's certainly. the same thing with Belgians. It's the same thing with Germans. It's yeah. part of their culture is to mm -hmm. drink beer when they're eating. Yeah. And that's, yeah. It's part of their daily tradition, their daily life. And I'm surprised how well the, the alcohol is masked in this one as well. Oh, yeah. I mean... That's I also, was not, a, that's I was also not a very, that. very common theme among Italians. <laughs> I was not, from off the nose, I mean, the alcohol was there. I mean, it yeah. really was prominent. But in the, in the taste, it was almost non-existent. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, okay, we're letting you know the alcohol is there, but we're not going to let you experience it. <laughs> okay. Well, hats, hats off to John so far. Great, great choice. All right, now, the last beer. I think this is the one I'm looking forward to the most. I, I really don't think this will disappoint at all. I, I, I sure oh, hope not. Triple fermented. All right. So next, next up on our list is the uh, Panil Barrique. Barrique. So this is actually the first time we've ever done a Flanders Red on our really? podcast. That's fantastic. Um, so for those of you who are not oh, really perfect. familiar with Flanders, uh, Flanders Red Ales, I mean, you can try like the typical one you'll find is the, like the Rodenbach Grand Cru. This is, this is a dead ringer for, I mean, for all the beers that we've tasted tonight that are so beyond, you know, any style categorization, this is right on point. This, so this is what a typical Flanders Red should be. It's right on point. It's, it def, it, this could be in, on Wikipedia, this is the picture of the beer that they're showing. <laughs> for a Flanders Red Ale. This is All absolutely right. a I'm, 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 I'm excited. And yet, it's from Italy. <laughs> Great. Now, for those of you who are listening and have never had, you know, a sour beer or especially a Flanders Red, they're very, they're very unique beers. Um, 
typically they're blended beers. So you have a young version and an aged version, which have been in aged in, in barrels that necessarily have not been sterilized, shall we say? Um, so they, they, they tend to bring out some interesting taste characteristics. Some um, funk. Some funk. That's a good way to describe <laughs> it. And so that's why you get the term sour beers. These are sour beers. And sometimes sour in a beer is bad. If you're drinking a Budweiser and it is sour, that is bad. That is bad. If you're <laughs> drinking a beer like this and it is sour, it's a different sour. Hmm. And you know, sometimes being sour is not necessarily always what you consider as sour, like, you know, molded, like cheese gone bad, milk curdled kind of sour. I mean, these can be more like ranging from mildly tart to almost vinegary. Um, there's a whole range of what tart and sour can be. And it really depends on batches of beer, the amount of yeast, if they're naturally fermented using the wild yeast that is in the air, it could range dramatically depending on the season. Um, it could be if you're injecting it. I think um, this one here is actually um, injected um, and is not naturally full of lactobacillus, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you get a little bit more control if you do that. And speaking of batches, it should be noted this is batch eight from 2007. Yes. This is a two-year-old. Two-year-old. Did they vintage date it anywhere? <coughs> right on the front. Yeah. Big label. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that one. Now, is a sour beer like a, uh, like a thousand-year-old egg in Chinese cuisine where the older, the more it ages, the sour, the sourer it becomes? Uh, with these beers, as you age it in the bottle, it's not going to increase the acidity and the sourness of the beer. Right. What's going to happen with aging is more the flavors will meld together, kind of blend. They may Oxidize. actually diminish oxidation may occur, which gives you different char flavor characteristics as well. Um, you can tell this bottle has oxidized a little bit. Uh, if you look at the, you can see all the crud mm. on the bottle cap. Most likely there's air gaps in there um, that air has been got, air has gotten in there and I'm kind of caked up on the top. But no, you're not going to, what's going to change is the actual way it's fermented in the barrels, the oak barrels. So if you, these were aged maybe in two years in an oak barrel, uh, or part of it, since it is a blended beer, right. um, part of it was aged for two years in an oak barrel. If you aged it longer in an oak barrel, less time in an oak barrel, added more um, of the lactobacillus bacteria, I mean, all these things can change the sourness of the beer. But once it's bottled, the sourness process is over. Not necessarily, but it's not going to increase. Okay. It may mellow out a little bit. Um, Travis, we had the uh, that uh, five-year-old uh, Rodenbach mm -hmm. uh, a couple months back. Was that after my class? Yeah, after, yeah. Your, after your extreme cheeses and food pairing that you did here in Montevino. Mm -hmm. We had that five, that guy had aged that Rodenbach for five years in a cellar. Now that one was tart. It was very I wouldn't tart. call it sour, but it was almost sweet. It was I mean, very it was tart. Really, it was very tart, but it was really sweet as well. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was just a, a well-blended flavors at that point. And, and Paniel Berry <coughs> Bay, um, and 
really it's it's quite interesting because it's triple fermented. And right. they do they do the the initial fermentation in stainless steel. They do a three month aging in I believe cognac. Cognac barrels yes, from Bordeaux. From Bordeaux, and then they do another refermentation in the bottle. And uh, they also make a point of, of saying that they don't add any sweeteners to this. Intense. Nudge, nudge, say no more. Yes. <laughs> so it's going to be intense. It sure does taste good. It does taste good. The one thing that sticks out to me in this beer is on the nose. And coming from a wine background and studying wine for the past three or four years, my professional career is when I smell this nose, it has a very distinctive secondary aroma. And its secondary notes are as wines age. It's not very old. It's 2007. But as wine ages, the primary fruit that when you smell a young wine, it's you're smelling berries. You give it five or 10 years in the bottle, you're gonna smell secondary notes such as earth and leather. And the thing that jumps out at me, out at me in this beer is this earthy character, kind of like leathery, mm -hmm. earthy, kind of yeah. funky note that's awesome. I, I, think, I think that you find, it's a typical aroma that you find with, with a lot of sour styles. beers, is that leathery. But you can also get, get the subtle no, oak note in here the, mm -hmm. the, the yep. barrel aging and that these beers are new to me so that yeah might just be for my lack of experience with these beers but that earthy secondary note is wow, very it's, it's a great thing to pick up on and you know like we say you know we'll, you know this is our 23rd beer brawl you know the uh, the idea you know it's kind of fun the beer brawl put pitting bottles of beer against each other but really what we're trying to do here is show that, you know, with a group of, of people drinking a beer, people are going to find different flavors and mm -hmm. like things differently. Absolutely. And our kind of a goal here is that you need to try these things. Because if you're not going to try them, how are you going to know you're not going to like them? You know, you say sour beer. You know, you told me five years ago, drink a sour beer. I'd say, you know what, you go put a bullet in your head, no. I, no you way. You really that, would you? Said that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have said that, would you? Um, but, you know, after, you know, starting off, you know, breaking the nipple, going forward, drinking different styles of beer. Hold on, let's back up. Breaking getting off the nipple. nipple. Breaking the nipple? <laughs> yes, the macro brew nipple. nipple. Well, listen. Between, between, okay. between, but my, my point here is that, that you are the more the more different styles of beer that you drink, the more you start appreciating different things in beer. Absolutely. You know, the beer doesn't have to taste like a beer to be a beer, and there are different styles of beer, and that you just really need to kind of try to expose yourself to some of them, and that's kind of what the point of what we're doing here. In my long-winded way of saying. You know, we tried six different beers tonight, six different styles of beer, but they're not necessarily beers I would have seen on the shelf, or, you know, I might have walked by because the labels weren't flashy or they were in a different section, or, but now, you know, I, I've brought out these, uh, you know, six beers with, with the help of John and Travis, and uh, hopefully some of you will be able to go out and find them, specifically look for them, and, and try them, because these okay. are all, Let's get to Good the beers. You know what? Let me, let me. You know what? I've been talking so much yeah, for the last five drinking. minutes now. I haven't even tried this yet. <laughs> we're talking about uh, beers for food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would this be cheesecake? Okay, cheesecake. So, so this would be paired with a. Uh, I'm loving this beer. I, was I right? I gotta say, you know this this one I was really curious about, and I actually went and looked at some of uh, some reviews on other sites. People are not too happy with this beer. I don't know why. I mean, 
I, I think maybe they, you know, just can't appreciate a sour beer, or, or I, maybe they just got bad batches, or I don't know. Probably but about, uh, probably about a year and a half ago, uh, Eric Asimov, a wine critic for the New York Times, uh, was at a wine dinner, forty-year-old Bordeaux's, you know, the best stuff from every French producer you could think of, and the beverage highlight of the evening for him was Panel Barrique. That was the 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 beverage that stole the show in his mind. This this beer is great. I mean, it's the 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 acidity is really up there yes. in this beer. I mean, it's really prominent, but it, it doesn't it, it it doesn't overwhelm you. You know, it's very strong and so forth. Don't get me wrong, um, but once you get that acidity through your mouth, there's all sorts of flavors that this beer has that. It really imparting of the oak and, and, and the sharpness and the, and the fruitiness that are underlying in all this beer is really nice. What do you guys know the history behind it? Just, I mean, these I appreciate this beer. It's just not my preference of beer that I would drink. It just seems so abstract to beer yeah, drinkers. I agree like, with you. it's just sour beer. It's almost, it's very. You know, it's very different to me, and it, I, I appreciate the way it's made and the style of it and the acidity levels and the secondary notes and the flavors. It just, for me, I have a hard time grasping. Well, so let, how about we rate? Italy ready? Yes, I think we are. I think we're ready. I think, uh, I think we're ready to uh, rate here. And uh, John, since you are our first guest tonight, I'll give you the honors. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so generally, we go uh, least favorite to favorite. Okay. I'm not going to say worst to best. I, I think we got a pretty good. I, uh, I pretty much go in order uh, with the exception of uh, flipping the Verdi and the Demon Hunter. Um, the Strata San Felice, uh, Real Extra, um, Verdi, Demon Hunter, Dexy, and, and Paniel Barrique were, were very much a tie for me just because uh, they're so unique. I, I, I've grown to love the, you know, Lambic Goose style, the Flanders Red style. So I, I love that stuff. I mean, you give me a, bo a bottle of like Hanson's Oud, Oud Creek and, you know, a great New York cheesecake and I'm in heaven. <laughs> so, I, I mean, my, my scores kind of reflect, you know, my own personal biases. So you kind of go 90s, mid 90s. 88 for the, the Strata San Felice, 94 for Real Extra, uh, 96 for Verity, 98 for Demon 199 and 99 for the Dexine and Pennell Berry K. Excellent, thank you. All right, Travis. Um, all right. You've so been through this once before. I have. <laughs> um, my least favorite was the, uh, the Borgo. Um, I just felt like it was lacking something. I gave that one an 89. Uh, next up would be the BB Dexy Barley. It's kind of the opposite of what uh, John likes, and this is all personal preference. Um, liked it, wasn't, I mean, I liked the whole production method. It was really interesting for me with the grapes. And um, I liked it, I gave it a 90. Uh, the next up was a Peniel Barrique, which I gave a 91. Um, awesome production method, really liked the uh, three months aging in oak in the cognac barrels. Um, I liked those secondary notes, thought that was interesting. Um, with that said, that sour ale is really not my style, so that one's a 91. The next up would be the um, Demon Hunter. I liked it, really strong, definitely had some character, some complexity on the palate. Gave that one a 96. Following that, it was a close tie between the Del Ducate Verde and the um, San Felice, the Chestnut Ale. 
Um, I sided with the Chestnut Ale as the uh, winner. The Del Ducati Verde, I gave it 97. I love the heat from the chili. I love those roasted notes, those espresso and chocolate notes on the palate, they're fantastic. Um, but the San Felice with the chestnut, I really like that. I like that fruit notes. I like the nuts. I thought it was balanced. Um, so that one won with a 98. Excellent. Mark. Wow, we had a real, I know the last time we rated. We were similar, we had, right? Yeah, similar, but we're far apart here. All right. But that's okay, I guess. Um, the uh, Guadalajara Strada San Felice. <laughs> it was my least favorite, actually. Uh, I thought it was refreshing. It had some back taste, uh, a little high, I thought, on the alcohol, which I mentioned at the beginning. Sure. I thought it was a good beginning to our tasting. I gave that one an 89. Uh, next up for me was the Del Ducato Verdi. Uh, wonderfully chocolatey flavor. Uh, I thought it could have been a little creamier, a little bit more full-bodied, which I mentioned before, at least, you know, thinking about other stouts that I've had. Um, I would definitely revisit it for another taste, and sometimes I'll mention that, you know, because I'm drinking small amounts here, and it seemed like it would be worth a revisit, but I did rate it a 90. Uh, next for me was the Borgo, uh, the Borgo Real, Real Extra. Uh, nice treat, dry refreshing, fascinating blend of spices and hops. I kept wanting more. Certainly not a, not a shabby beer, not a shabby score. I gave that one a 91. Uh, next up for me, the uh, Montegioco Demon Hunter. Superb, complex. I thought it was nicely blended, delicious. If you can find it, it's worth the bucks. Gave it a 95. Uh, next up was the Barley, BB Dexy. I just thought it was extraordinarily delicious. Uh, the grape adds a, a superb element to the taste. Kept you asking a little bit, beer or wine? Well, we know it was a beer, but it straddles both with grace. Excellent. Gave that a 97. Nice description. Lastly, and, and uh, this is not, it's not really the, I didn't exactly rate it because I found difficulty comparing it to anything I've had before, which was the, uh, it was the Peniel uh, Birike. Um, if I had to rate it, I'd go 96 to 97. I wasn't sure if I had something else like to compare it to, I certainly would find it a little easier to rate. At any rate, if you've never tasted it, get ready for something completely unexpected. Uh, can you spell esoteric? I can. Dazzle your friends with a truly unique tasting experience. Invite them over, say, I have something that's going to rock hmm. you. Check it out. It's not something you've had before, but I think you're really going to like it and enjoy it. Great tasting note. I, I think that's a great description. Yeah, yeah. All right, for me, um, I'm finishing up the night. Uh, the uh, oh, you you, had, you tasted a couple. What was your favorite? You know what? I, I'm not really interested to rank it, but I, but I will point out just one, which is the Verity. If I had to pull one away from the evening, it would be the Verity. Just rocked my world. It's such a unique mm -hmm. beer. And uh, you can edit all this out because I'm way off mic. But uh, just for you know, you you gentlemen. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Just yeah. All right, so for me, um, at a 90, starting it at a very good score, um, was the uh, Strato uh, San Felice. Uh, I thought it had great nutty flavor. Um, the only kind of drawback was, I thought it was way overcarbonated, that one. <laughs> really, why? <laughs> because I'm wearing half of it. Um, and. I gave it, a, originally I gave it an 88 because of that, but then after letting it sit for a while in my mouth, it, that kind of spice, it just kind of, kind of pulled it back up for me. And so uh, 
I ended up with a 90. All right. Um, next, I, I, my scores pretty much go straight down the line. Um, at a 91, I gave the uh, Borgo Real Extra. I love, I'm a hop head, and uh, I, so I love the aroma. And I think that's really what kind of kicked it up to a 91. It was, I think it was a good, good take on, on a Saison. A good base beer with uh, an interesting twist to it. And definitely worth a try. I think probably this is probably one of the more common ones you'd see, right? Possibly. Yeah, I've seen that before. You know, as, as I've seen, at least I've seen this brand of beer, the brewery before. So uh, if I was going to go in order, I, I'd kind of swap the, uh, the Verde and the Demon Hunter. Um, at a 92, Del Ducato Verde Imperial Stout. At first, I was kind of a little bit, you know, not sure about the, the spice in it. And, but after drinking a couple sips, it, it really kind of grew to be a very unique flavor. And because of the unique characteristics in this beer, I really liked it. If I was going to rate it as an Imperial Stout, which is what the label says, I would not give it that higher rating. But I thought it was very unique, the spicy... It, it was actually, a, quite frankly, a spicy beer. Not like peppery spice that you get out of like a Pilsner or, or a Saison, but it had heat. some heat to it, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and it wasn't like, you know, one of these BS, like put a chili in the beer and call it a chili beer kind of thing. <laughs> BS. Uh, all right, so after that would be uh, the Demon Hunter, um, a 93. I really like the fact that the ABV was really well masked in that one. Um, good, dry like the fruit aroma and the fruit flavors in it. All right, so after the Demon Hunter, uh, taking a big jump up to a 96 was the Barley BB Dexy. What can I say? I, I just really like that one. I, I think the, the one characteristic that I'm seeing here in my notes is this very dry, fruity, ABV well-masked. Um, I mean, these are, these are foodie beers. I mean, it, yeah, it really, so. you know, but this one really, well, it was, I, I saw it listed as a barley and wine. I wouldn't call it a barley and wine, uh, but it was very good. 96. And at a 97, uh, the uh, Penilli Birike. Um, I mean, this is a, a Flanders Red. I mean, there's no mistaking this beer. Yeah. I and mean, this is what a Flanders Ed, Red, Red, Red. Ed. Flanders <laughs> a Flanders Red. Red should taste like. I mean, what was the cost is, of that? Um, I think this was 19. 20. Yeah, 19, yeah. 20, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, but this is an excellent beer. Um, well, well worth the money, quite frankly. And I think I might go back out and buy another bottle just to age it. All right, let me just wrap up here. So I'd like to thank Travis from Montevino here in Montclair, New Jersey. If you're looking for uh, good wines and a good selection of good beer, it's a place to stop. John Hoyas from uh, Hunterdon Distributing. Appreciate you coming by and... Uh, bringing us these wonderful beers. Always happy to be a part of good beer. Look for these products. Yeah. And Corey and Mark Jackson, thank you as well. Good to um, be here. I had several, I had content several times a week on simplybeer.com, so read, leave your comments. You can also subscribe to Simply Beer Podcasts on iTunes. Follow Simply Beer on Twitter. Username is Simply Beer. Or our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash simplybeer. This is Peter Kennedy, brewer and creator of Simply Beer, saying goodnight, and may your pint always be full. I'll be back tomorrow night and drink some more. I don't care what the people are thinking. I ain't drunk. 
I'm just drinking. But you're so high. Oh, no, you the one drunk. Look at your eyes, man. But you're so high. Don't you tell my old lady now. 